The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all you have been commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. I have mentioned before, before, you may remember the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas before Mass before receiving Holy Communion. How he says, I come you know, sick to the doctor of life, blind to the radiance of eternal light, and so on. But he also has a prayer after Communion. It's a very long prayer. I'll only mention the first part of it. He says, Father, almighty and ever-living God, I thank you, for even though I am a sinner, your unprofitable servant, not because of my worth, but in the kindness of your mercy, you have fed me with the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. May this communion not bring me to condemnation and punishment, but forgiveness and salvation. Quite a prayer, isn't it? Especially for St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor. For even though I am a sinner, your unprofitable servant, not because of my worth. Hmm. Our world doesn't understand that very well. In fact, much of Christianity doesn't either. Uh, There is this idea that somehow, on my own, I am something that I really am not. Very often, it would seem, too, we spend a great deal of time in trying to convince ourselves 
that we are really quite wonderful. We may have some wonderful moments, uh, but generally speaking, we have to come before God with a very different attitude. Not that I am something that I bring to you, but rather I am not something, but you can make me something. You know, I think many people today, when they come to Mass, don't get anything out of it, as they say, and stop coming, because they've forgotten why they're here. If we've come to enhance our self-esteem, or to boost our ego, or in some way to affirm our value, if we have come to convince ourselves that we truly are wonderful, if we have come for consolation and comfort, we are coming for the wrong reasons. We may get consolation and comfort, but only after we have allowed God to do what God wants to do with us. I think sometimes that in many places, the holy sacrifice of the Mass has become the me generation of prayer. I'm wonderful, you're wonderful, we're all wonderful. Isn't it wonderful that we are this way? But that's not the, the attitude we should have when we come here. Our attitude is one of humility, awe, and wonder. That God has allowed us to come and even embraced us in spite of ourselves, as St. Thomas Aquinas said. Suppose, for instance, think about this. You went to someone's house for dinner. And they welcome you. By the way, the church doesn't say, welcome. The church says, the Lord be with you. The church imparts God to us. But suppose you went to someone's house and they greeted you and then said to you, well now, acknowledge that you're a sinner, admit that you have greatly sinned, that you desperately need the prayers of everyone here, and then beg God for forgiveness and mercy. You would think, what kind of dinner is this that I've come into? And suppose further, when you sat down at the table, finally, that the host or hostess then said to you, and now before you eat, admit to all of us here present that you're unworthy to even be here. Uh, I think that maybe the last time we ever went to that house for dinner. Uh, But that's what the church does to us. First, she acknowledges, she tells us to acknowledge our sinfulness. And then just before we receive communion, we have to admit that we aren't worthy to be here. But we beg God to transform us, to heal us so that we are able to receive him. That's a very different attitude, isn't it? We've come here to worship. I haven't come here to get something for myself. I have. I've come to get something infinite for myself. I've come to transform myself into what I myself could not otherwise become, that only God can do that. Only the Eucharist can really do that. Today's gospel is rather direct, isn't it? It seems that people only want to read certain Gospels today. They don't want to read the ones that are somewhat painful or in which our Lord confronts us. The apostles ask our Lord to increase their faith. People today often have a weak faith because faith is weakened by immorality. If we are living a sinful life, our faith is going to be weakened. 
the degree that that intensifies, so will the weakness of our faith. My Lord then tells them, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, in other words, you don't, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. It's a beautiful form of Semitic hyperbole. You see, first of all, one should assume that if that mulberry tree is there, God wants it there and doesn't want it moved. So our Lord is, again, using a beautiful form of hyperbole to say, if you had faith, what you wish would be done, uh, but you don't. And the reason you don't have faith is because of your own weakness. So holiness increases faith. Sin diminishes it. But he goes on then to speak about the servant coming in from the field. Um, Would the servant then be seated at the table? No, he'd make his master's dinner. And then only after that would he himself be fed. And he concludes by saying, When you have done all you have been commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. In other words, God is always calling us to something greater. It isn't a matter of how wonderful I am. I can't pat myself on the back for that because everything I have is God's anyway. But rather, God is calling me to something more perfect. I've mentioned this many times and I have to come back to it. Uh, He's always calling us to go beyond where we are today into something else. I cannot say that I am what God meant me to be. That's not done yet. But rather... I am an unprofitable servant. Transform me into what you want me to be, not what I wish to become. So, you know, as I said, the holy sacrifice of the Mass into which we come and in which we are transformed has become very often the me generation of prayer. Um, I don't want to deal with God as God. I want simply God to pat me on the head and tell me that I'm okay. Well, God loves us too much to do that. He will insist that we become something we perhaps don't want to become and don't want to sacrifice enough to become. When you read the lives of the saints, the saints were the people who were the ones most aware of their own emptiness, most aware of their own need for God. Well, look at that, for instance. We know about Mother Teresa and St. Teresa of Avila. It's true with so many of them. Um, They had no emotional consolation whatsoever towards the end of their lives, often for long periods of time. God didn't pat them on the head and give them a big hug. When Mother Teresa first became a sister, she had all kinds of consolations and even visions when God was drawing her to this new life that he wanted her to lead and to draw others into it too. Uh, But once she was in that life, then he appeared to withdraw by giving her no emotional consolation. She didn't feel good about herself at all, but she knew what she had to do, and so she did it. And she had the strength to do it. I've said this more times than I can count. Remember when people asked her how she did it, how she went on day after day doing the things that she did that most people never wanted to do. And her answer comes back over and over again to us. She said, it's very simple. Every day I begin with the holy hour before the blessed sacrament. I go to Mass, I receive communion, and every person I see for the rest of the day is Christ. And that was all that really mattered to her. That's all that should really matter to us. So we go on now to enter into this mystery, um, aware of our unworthiness and yet aware of what God can do with it. Um, 
what kind of person we can become through the power of God and through the power of grace. Remembering those words of St. Thomas Aquinas, I thank you not because of my worth, but because in your kindness, in your mercy, you have fed me with the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We come with that same attitude and with that same hope, knowing that when we leave, we will indeed be wonderful because God will have recreated us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always respond to the call of God more perfectly as it is made known to them. We pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations of the world, especially our own, for our uh, public officials, they will respond to the will of God, seeking always a greater justice and mercy. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know that they are serving the Lord. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for a greater respect for human life, and especially for life in the womb, and laws that will protect it, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will truly be servants of the Lord, for a greater reverence for the service of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Eucharistic Lord, they too then may always become more perfect day by day, we pray to the Lord. For all those working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will be so transformed by what we have received that we will allow the power of God to constantly uh, rework us, strengthen us, and transform us. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we sing. <laughs> 